0: Hey there, it's JVL. On the show today, Sarah Longwell and I talked about the debate and the mugshot and the old, all of the bad things from this week. Here's the show. Okay, uh, talk to me about Scott a little bit. Because on the one hand, he should drop out if we want to consolidate, on the other hand, His incentives are to keep running because he wants to be vice president, which mystifies me. Uh, But also because he only has one funder that really matters, which is Larry Ellison. And so long as as Larry Ellison is going to pour Oracle money into this then uh, instead of on his yacht, then uh, Tim is good to go. Is that a problem that you can't move him out? It is a
1: problem. Um, I think... It depends on what the dynamic, if there's any dynamic shift after this. I I suspect there's going to be some toward Nikki. And uh, you're right, though, that he wants to hang in for the VP slot. And so I don't know that he gets out. Um, But he could bleed, like he could go from. So his stakes were high, as we articulated on Wednesday's show, because I thought he was best poised to move into the second place spot yeah along with vivek like it was sort of unclear uh which way that could go and the reason is it is actually from an evangelical standpoint he is the evangelical that seems to be the most of interest to the folks in iowa and so you're really at this point it's all a question of iowa not everywhere else um because like chris christie's in second place in new hampshire and nobody thinks that means anything about the race um but if somebody beats him or, uh, you know, it becomes a two-person race in Iowa, that's sort of the, the big stand. I don't think that happened for him, though, right? I think that the opposite happened. I don't think anybody – I don't think any money's suddenly moving. I actually think Nikki's fielding a lot of calls from donors who are getting into their fantasy about, like, okay, maybe this is how
0: we yeah, get but it. People who were looking at Glenn Youngkin a week ago are that's now right. thinking –
1: Maybe, maybe she, she can do it, actually. Right. Yeah. And her big stand on Israel against Vivek, I guarantee you she is getting uh, she's getting calls from a ton of people, the foreign policy folks. Like there's just a lot of institutional donors who are going to really, really be amped up by what she said and putting that like pipsqueak Vivek in his place. They're going to love that. Uh, And they are the donors are just a different breed than the voters. Like the voters, (laughs) I've been very surprised by how much they are. Not that into nominating a woman, um, whereas the donors will like it very much. Mm. Uh, And so, anyway, I think she's getting lots and lots of calls, and I think she'll get money to stay in. I think that Pence's money's got to dry up uh, at some point. But I got, you know, this is one of the weird dynamics of this race, which is both in Scott's case and in Pence's case too. Like, he's just been around a long time, and there are donors who will fund him to be Mike Pence in this race, right. To just have his voice, even when people are booing him excessively because they think it's valuable. Just the way Chris Christie has a pocket of donors for people who think his existence in this race is valuable. I was among those people. Um, I think if we continue to see what that was, that's not useful. Um, So at some point unless resources, just continue to flow to everybody and everybody can hang into a lot. But like, the donors are at least strategic enough to say you gotta get out. There's gotta be some consolidation. Uh and it just wouldn't surprise me if people started to think the consolidation should be around Nikki.
0: Yeah. I mean the problem is that we're quickly gonna be in a world where the top three candidates are Trump, DeSantis, and Vivek.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's right. <laughs> so,
0: God, I mean, this is... <laughs> This is the world we live in here. I want to I want to bring something up to you because you you mentioned I talked a little bit about this last night with uh, Mona and Bill. Um, So Vivek got a lot of booze mixed with his cheers. Do you know who else got a lot of booze mixed with his cheers during primary debates in 2016? Donald Trump. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but Donald Trump got booed for making fun of Carly Fiorina's face. Oh yeah. He got booed in South Carolina for saying that George W Bush lied about WMDs. Uh and all of those positions are now dogma right. in Republican politics, right? They booed him a little bit at first, but the truth was he was where most of the of the actual voters were, not like the elite types who show up to to debates. I think that's what Vivek did well. Um Like, I I think the truth is the Republican Party is clearly moving at the voter level, not the Institute. You know, like Kevin McCarthy doesn't want to defund Ukraine. Mitch McConnell doesn't want to. But Republican voters are basically there and not all the way. But that's, you know, they're like 50 50 and it's moving in that direction. And if you have Vivek and Trump and DeSantis who are the three people they like best, all making noises about that, they're going to follow those guys, right?
1: Yeah, so this is where I felt like the crowd was a bit of a, like, I don't know if the term is false flag, but it was like a false indicator. Because I know from listening to these voters, Nikki was getting wild cheers for her defense of Ukraine against Vivek. And I know that's not where voters are.
0: (laughs) I have been listening to voters say
1: the opposite for... And so I was a little (sighs) bit like, you know, I think this might give people a little bit of false hope, because they are much more where Vivek, not exactly where Vivek is, um, but they're much more in the, we need to take care of, uh, I think this was DeSantis, um, really more like where DeSantis is, which is we need to focus on here at home, invading invasion Mexico. of our southern border, yeah. yeah. I, I do love, like, are they going to invade Mexico? This was a Seemed like a pretty big policy proposal to drop. Uh, sure
0: did. Got no questions about it. This is in the same way that Vivek says this is fucking Brett Bear and Martha McCallum, two of the worst moderating performances I've ever seen. Vivek says I'm going to cut the federal budget by seventy five percent, and they don't ask a follow up question of how, sir. Sir, 75% of our budget goes to the combination of Social Security, Medicare, and defense. Which of those are you going to eliminate? That means you need to eliminate two of those in addition to everything else in order to get to your reduction. Sir, which of those do you think that might be a piece of information that Republican voters might want to hear? But they just, you know, sat there and nodded along. Oh, that crazy scamp up there.
1: My favorite part is when Brett Baer wasn't like, turn to the audience, because the audience was rowdy and was just like, we just need to get through this part. Uh yeah. and I thought that was a good uh like metaphor for the entire Republican project at this point, where everybody's like, we just need to get <laughs> we just need to get, <laughs> need
0: to get through so this funny. part. <laughs> but this part means a decade.
1: <laughs> it is a decade. It is. Uh but the weariness of <laughs> bear uh especially because uh it was funny though like the the whole thing was so stupid but there were some surprises mainly that like mike pence was the one who absolutely refused to follow the rules with the dinging like that says your answer is over like he kept going over time and being very aggressive and i was like this is because mike pence speaks at the the speed of a turtle walking and so he can't possibly fit his answers in within the ding uh but he was like fighting you know they kept having to be like mr vice president uh yeah no they were terrible moderators uh and the questions it's so funny how it's you can just see the room of people who were like you know we need to ask some substantive questions uh because we're we're substantive people
0: mm. uh
1: but you know we need some for the people that aren't us and that's why we're going to start with the northmen of richmond and end with ufos when chris christie was like you're going to give me the ufo question i was like christie you sh- this is where you should yell at them like yeah th- but he doesn't because people think that stuff is like cute uh but it's so dumb it was also it was also beneath Uh, And anyway, I just, I have, I have so many thoughts about this debate. I have, let me just run,
0: like, give me all of them. Well,
1: so so some of it
0: is, don't hold back.
1: Is is that half of them were debating a thing that is, it was like 2008, and Nikki Haley's talking about our debt. You know, I I will say, though, I, I was revisiting some of Nikki's answers, and a bunch of them were good. Um, like good to me, to yeah. me, which um, means
0: bad for her prospectively in the nominating maybe, contest. Maybe, but like she, is, I don't know if you saw the Mona on Slack. Mona was so funny. She's like, I just assume that any answers that I think are good mean that the candidate is losing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a good thing to check our own instincts. But, but her, her answer on the debt, which was to say that both Republicans and Democrats were responsible. True. True. Uh, And I can sort of see their strategy session of we need to find a place to hit Republicans. Like everybody understands now that hitting institutional Republicans are good. Um, And so they picked that. I don't think they quite have the code down, uh, but it was it was absolutely correct. Um, Her Ukraine answer was good. She also said about Donald Trump. uh, What did she say? Oh, she said he'd lose. She was very clear that
0: uh, if like the most unpopular politician in America, that he's the she most unpopular.
1: Yeah, she did. And so um, anyway, I, I just, I, I but, but, but so, she, so, so, I thought she was good at the same time to when, because Trump wasn't there, Vivek is being a chaos agent. It was like a big, like Christie and Pence and, uh, and Haley and Scott, they're all these before time politicians and so it's like a debate from 2008, where they're talking about the national debt, and they're talking about foreign policy in a way that would appeal to voters in 2008, and they absolutely don't anymore. And so it was like they were taking place in two different eras, right, where then you've got Vivek and DeSantis giving like totally different, like living in a totally different planet. And the problem is, is that it was like, uh, one of the Padres said something like this that I thought was, a, was the right formulation which is like it's like they're in black and white and uh and he was talking about trump but like that vivek- was tim
0: that was tim who said that he's gonna be oh. so hurt when you oh. credit one of the pod bros for okay.
1: that okay sorry <laughs> uh, but like vivek was like in full color right yeah. there's just like this the, he's jumping off the stage and you're mad at him but you're focused on him and the republic people don't understand how much the republican primary is now an attention economy right? It's an entertainment economy. And it's not about the substantive answers. So we can sit there and be like, boy, Nikki Haley gave some really good substantive answers. Uh, And I think that helps her with a certain class. But like, that's not the point for the most part of the Republican primary. Uh, And that's where Vivek and that's where Tim Scott, Tim Scott was just when you're barely there, like he just was losing the attention economy, or he's losing that attention race, and he lost it like maybe more than even Doug Burgum, who was just happy to be there, right? Okay, these are all my thoughts. What are your thoughts?
0: Uh, they—they Basically yours. Um, Good night for Trump, I think. Uh, Even if he hadn't counter-programmed it, he was right not to be there. There's no reason for him to be there. Uh, And what I said yesterday, I I thought about this a lot. Um, The fact that they did not know how to handle Vivek by handle Vivek, I mean beat Vivek within the terms of a Republican debate with Republican voters, right? They Nobody on stage knew how to do that. Means to me and signals to me that there's absolutely no way that any of them could have handled Trump had he been there. Because Trump just does the Vivek thing. Like you just, you know, this is easy. You people are stupid. These people are corrupt. I'm just going to shout and talk over people. And they you know, they're engaging with Vivek in, again, as if it's a normal debate, as if they're in a democratic debate with democratic voters listening to them. And that's not what the voters they have chosen to ask for support value. Right. I mean, this is, you know, she's she Nikki Haley was defending the Biden administration's handling of Ukraine. In essence, she didn't frame it that way, but that's that's what she was doing. And those those Republican voters are not interested in that. Um,
1: The base voters who make up the majority of the party that are basically in every poll uh, going for Trump. Oh, my God. Did you see? I think you did because I think it was in the Slack. Hugh Hewitt being like, Trump, relatively weak in Pennsylvania. There was like a new Pennsylvania poll in the primary. (laughs) It was like relatively weak. And I was like, he's up by
0: 18, bro. Well, look, in Hughes' defense, in Louisiana, Trump is up by 65. So relative to Louisiana, Trump is relatively weak in Pennsylvania. This is the the, again, it's I'm sorry, Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. And this is very bad for all of us. Uh, It's very, very bad for all of us. Mm. And. Joe Biden and Democrats and independents and Republicans are going to be asked to play perfect baseball and hope that the price of eggs doesn't go up by a dime. And then that the turnout is good. And then that also uh, a couple of secretaries of state in purplish uh, states do the right thing in order to save democracy again. And you know what? You know what? Well, I am sorry. But on. November eighth, twenty twenty-four. If Joe Biden has just been declared the winner, do you know who the front runner for the 2028 Republican nomination is gonna be? Because oh, I Donald do. Trump. It's Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is I don't know. Like this is very bad. This is why, you know, I wrote about this yesterday. What depressed me the most wasn't the bad things the Republican debate. It was that there were some good things. This is not the case where like, you know, voters just don't have any options. Like there were there were at least four. And if you want to be charitable, maybe five people on stage were all solid, plausible candidates for president whose politics might not be my politics or your politics, but are certainly at at a policy level arrayed very with good overlap with Republican voters. And those candidates are actively disliked by Republican voters. That's depressing as shit. Yeah, like, I just ugh.
1: And and you know what they they provide the illusion that the Republican Party that a normal Republican Party still resides in there somewhere, right? You're like, because mm-hmm. because people will. It's it's just there's no way to get around it, right? Like I can't help but talk about Nikki Haley uh, as because I'm like, oh well, look, like, but even if she gets. Even if every other uh, semi-normie in the race dropped out and she were to consolidate all of it, she might break 20. Probably not. Probably no. lives in the teens. No. Uh, and so, like, Trump... And this is where I... I mean, I've been saying this for a long time, but it it's... Trump controls the base of the party, and the base of the party's really large, right? It's big enough in just about every state to win the primary. And so, as a result the nominees we are going to get on the Republican side, you can, you, and that's why, that's where it's all an illusion is like, yes, do, do these normie Republicans still exist? Uh, do they have that judgment? And do they all, do they go along with the crazy? They do, but like they exist. And that's why at the essence of everything that we do politically for the rest of our time, it is to move small margins of those people over into the only pro-democracy party that exists. Like, there's only, the only option is to deliver sustained electoral defeats to this very dangerous, insane version of the Republican Party. And to do that, you have to continue to persuade people who have sort of this Reagan hangover, who are tribally Republican, that the Republican Party that they joined does not exist anymore. Uh, And the problem is, is that that's going to have to chip away slowly, cycle after cycle, as these voters go, why? Why are the candidates that I like uh, losing? Why? Right? Because it does, because there are people in the primary field, they feel like they can attach to, it gives them the illusion that that party still exists when it
0: doesn't. Well, I got good news for you. Soon we're going to have two parties who are nominally pro-democracy and the other one will be no labels. And so we'll have Kirsten Cinema out there providing a nice home for these people so that these people don't have to give Joe Biden their votes. And, uh, you know, they'll help get Trump over the finish line in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Arizona. It'll be great. Maybe even Georgia too.
1: You want to talk about Trump's, uh, surrender yesterday? Yeah, let's
0: talk about that. Let's talk about that. I, uh. I took it as this is. We make fun of him for treating everything as a performance. But on the other hand, uh, there are tremendous advantages to doing so. And unlike, you know, you put him, look at his mugshot, look at Charlie's newsletter this morning, and you have all the mugshots together. And, you know, like mopes like John Eastman look like they've just come out of an insane asylum. They have this, like, you know, Professor Humperdinck expression <laughs> on their face. And Trump, who clearly had spent a lot of time workshopping this, and I'm sure they had test photos done. I am sure that his people knew exactly what the lighting setup was going to be for there. And he had his hair done differently than normal. Uh, he had his, the exact tilt so that he got one half of the face in shadow. He had the, uh, and you know what? Like he gets an iconic, I hate him so much. He gets an iconic photo out of this, which he is going to own. And he's, his people will own and love and there's no shame to it. And it's defiant. And I just, oh, it makes me so angry.
1: A 40 car motorcade. Or an eighty car motorcade. What
0: was that? Yeah, Tim. Tim. noticed Tim was like, you know, I, Barack Obama went out to to shoot some something, and like it was like two Chevy Suburbans. Why? Why does this guy have, like, he's the fucking you know head of some petrostate? It's really. What are your thoughts? Do you have? Well, I, so I couldn't tell. Me I up. mean, please well, cheer me up.
1: Well, that was especially bad because that looks like the state paid for it. Like that was like a Georgia provided unless he paid. How would he do that? I I mean, it just, that's like your tax dollars. Uh, I mean like, let's presumably that show of force is necessary. If you think somebody might assassinate him while you're doing it, but even then you could probably do it with like five cars. Like, I don't know. Uh, the 80 car motorcade seemed a lot like overkill. And also in this weird way, I, so I don't know anything. I just want to be clear. I have no idea why he got that, but like, part of me was like, "Oh, is this the like police showing up for him, like wanting to do a show of force on his behalf,
0: Mister Trump, uh, with tears in our eyes?" Yeah,
1: because <laughs> this is—it's an underappreciated sort of element that I—I don't—I don't think this uh, as. I don't spend a lot of time fearing this, but I do sometimes worry about the level of Trump's support among rank and file sort of military folks. Like this is why the FBI, like the, the FBI coming after him is so stupid. Like rank and file FBI agents are like kind of on Trump's side. Like yeah. anybody, anybody will tell you that there's a lot of love for Trump uh, within the rank and file of our police, our sheriffs, our uh, military, and so ugh, that was like my first thought when I saw it is like, oh, are they doing this? Cause they like him.
0: I don't know. Um, the whole, the whole thing was again, dispiriting. And that's even leaving aside the, we've all absorbed the reality that like, you know, he was just arraigned for a fourth time. He's running for president. He's, he's going to be the presidential nominee with four criminal cases hanging over his head. At least one of which everybody understands as a slam dunk, right? I mean, the, the documents case is there is no defense on the documents case. There's no, there's no, there's a political ambiguity. Defense. There's, I mean, I guess, but he's just fucking guilty. Like everybody, like, he's just guilty, you know? Um, I, can, I,
1: it's just, can I go back to the debate for one second? One of the ahead. things that, um, when they asked this question about Trump, uh, and everybody, said that they would support him but there was also this defense of him and one of the things that actually happened throughout the debate is how much vivek got the lines off first so he went to the mat for trump on this two-tier justice system weaponization fire 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 these purple and desantis had his canned response and it came a few minutes later and it was basically just what vivek said uh and he delivered it with you know his like shouty little way but i was like they just said that you know like you he was getting he was his best sort of canned i'm gonna go defend trump uh we're all upstaged and like he's he seemed like an also ran when he got them out hey did i see you say in slack i wanted to ask you about this that the memo from his campaign was clearly a head fake
0: yeah i had said that on i think the show the week before I what like, do you mean i mean that it was not real it was not genuine and it was intended to lower expectations and to uh, to make the other campaigns think that he was going to go in a different direction i, I don't i just don't what i never did believed he go? uh no, no direction went, no well no he went aggressive and assertive and forward looking Right, on immigration and economic issues. He laid off the culture war stuff. He didn't attack Vivek. He defended Trump, but only sort of. Like, he didn't really defend Trump until he got pushed into it. He tried to be forward-looking. Like, I I mean, I think his strategy at the debate was basically okay. The problem is the execution because he's bad at this. Um,
1: I also want to comment on this forward-looking thing because he does when it comes to Trump. What are we going to do? Are we going to litigate yeah. 2020, 2021 all over again? Uh that would be
0: the Democrats. Won't. I would have fired Anthony Fauci. And also, <laughs> also, let's litigate
1: 2020, 2020 and 2021 on my record. Uh so like his whole I'm forward-looking thing then ends up stepping on his pitch for himself which is all backward-looking. Yeah. Uh or his main critique of Trump. Uh oh god, Anthony you're fired. The, I just Anthony, he, you're fired with the bobblehead. Yeah, head well, his his bobblehead is uh, crazy.
0: He, uh, I you know the the more i thought about DeSantis in the moment, I thought to myself, yeah, DeSantis did okay. Like again, yeah, no, didn't hurt to help himself. Didn't really hurt himself. I don't think that works for him. He needed more. The more I've thought about, it, the more I, I actually don't think he did very well. Um, well, he didn't blow up on the launch pad, but he wasn't great, Bob.
1: It wasn't great. It was not what he needed to, you know, propel himself forward. Like, even if he did no harm, like, the people who were already there for DeSantis might stay there for DeSantis. But also, you know, they might get a little wooed by Vivek. I'm not sure. I can't tell whether he's just going to stay the same or go down and get chewed into by Vivek. But either
0: way, I don't think he goes up. Have you, have you done any more focus groups since you and I talked last time? Yeah.
1: So they That's did one yesterday. They did one yesterday, uh, that I have not watched yet, uh, that I'm actually frantically trying to, uh, find. So in the group, must've been a weird group. Cause I just got the, uh, you know, one person thought, uh, that, <laughs> Mitch McConnell's a rhino that comes up in a lot of focus groups. I'm just looking at that, the chatter. Uh,
0: yes. Mitch uh, McConnell, rhino. Totally. So on, that, that scans.
1: So I was asking who do they think did well? Uh, and few Ramaswamy, few DeSantis, Tim Scott got negative reviews for not saying or doing much during the debate. Haley got a free shout out in the very beginning. One person likes Asa cause he stayed out of the fray and just answered the questions. Uh, so here's, ooh, so here's the head-to-heads, uh, or, like, how many people, who you'd vote for today in the primary. Trump 4, DeSantis 2, Asa 1, Vivek 2. So, uh, which, you know, in the focus groups, which you cannot treat, like, polling, um, but, so the Asa 1 means that, like, there was a, as there sometimes is, not often, but about half the time, there's, like, a very outspoken normie in the group who either likes Christie, Pence, Haley, like you should one person will like one of them. Right. Trump usually gets half or more of the group, sometimes <laughs> sometimes clean sweeps. <laughs> uh but in this one, both DeSantis and Vivek are getting two. Um and like I What's guess What's your
0: screen on this? Was this Biden to Trump or two-time Trump?
1: This is two-time Trump. Okay. Two time Trump. Um
0: Sorry, Biden Trump. Trump yeah, yeah, Biden. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Um, okay.
1: So I have to go watch it to get... Uh, I will have to go watch it. Um, but we just wanted a quick gut check. And it sounds... It's just like it's nothing earth shattering. Like, uh, it's exactly what you'd think. Except, um, I, mean, I think it is notable, and this has been happening now a little bit, is there are these groups where Vivek is starting to just be on par with DeSantis in both people's impressions of him. And like they're they're Vivek curious. You know, they talk about Vivek the way they were talking about DeSantis like 10 months ago. So
0: is is DeSantis going to go after him? Because it seems like he sure has to. Well, when that's DeSantis, why I was asking
1: you about the memo because the memo was very clear that attacking Ramaswamy was the play, and DeSantis. Did DeSantis not do that wait at all. no, he waited. He waited to get a question. He delivered his answer, and then otherwise, didn't engage.
0: Yeah. He didn't yeah. do any
1: of the. I was mentioned in that answer because he wasn't mentioned, uh, right? And like he didn't fight for time. This is where the whole. I'm not sure that anyone in the history of the world has ever been more high on their own supply than DeSantis was when he did that. God made a fighter. Uh, <laughs> and watching that guy swivel on his neck to see if other people were raising their hands before he did was the most pathetic display. And the thing is, is like that happened fast. So I'm not sure, not sure if his voters clock that, but it's just like his Ukraine answer. It's just like his Trump answers. They are weak and cowardly.
0: Hey, again, it's JVL. The conversation goes on from there. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to Bulwark Plus and subscribe. We'd love to have you.